my brother's, my, hey, hey, this is crazy. My older brother's FaceTiming right now. Let me see if he's got a shirt on. Hold on. Oh, it's an audio. Hey, hold on. XL, you say what's up to Pastor Juan? <laughs> I'll call you back. <laughs> he's like, yo, I had to make sure he was, you know, appropriate. You know what I mean? XL Youth, first of all, first of all, listen, it's my first night back in two months. So when I say, hey, yo, I don't want no, hey, yo, I like, do you, you feel me? All right. So just turn to your neighbor and say, you're ready. All right. Even if you got to stand up and do it. Because we're going to do this. If you don't know what we're about to do, don't worry. Just cover your ears. Here we go. XLU. They were so excited that they jumped the gun. I like that. Yo, if you are a first-time visitor. If you are a first-time visitor, I said, hey, yo, I'm so glad that you are here. Guys, give it up for our first-time visitors. Show some love. Show some love. Out of my first-time visitors, do I got, do I have a senior in the house of my first-time visitors? If you are a first-time visitor, do I got a senior? A senior first-time visitor? No? No? Do I have a, a junior first-time visitor that is a junior? You all just don't want to raise your hand. Okay, let me preface this. I have a $10 Target gift card for a new person that it's your first night. If you... If it is your first night, you're just like me. If it is your first night and you are a student and you want a $10 gift card, you can have it. Come, Somebody come and get it. You, 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 is, who wants this? It's a $10 gift card to Target. Do you want it? There you go. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Y'all, like, there's no catch. They're like, what do I got to do? Sign a contract in blood. No, you don't got to do that. I'm so glad you're here. You know, uh, don't forget who brought you. You know what I'm saying? $10 gift card. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what that will get you from Tarjay. Hopefully, it's something dope from the dollar bin area. XL Youth, I'm so glad to be here tonight. If you don't know who I am, I am Pastor Izzy. I have the honor and privilege of being your youth pastor here at the greatest youth ministry in the city of Chicago. That's right. I don't care what anybody says, and you can clip it on YouTube. We're the greatest youth ministry in the world. I love it. Um, if you're wondering, Pastor Izzy, what the heck, where have you been? Um, I have the honor and privilege to serve our country, our state, and the United States Army National Guard. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome for my service. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome, all that stuff. And so for the past two months, I got to go to a special school to get a new job in the Army that allows me to be an influence in my battalion as a religious affairs specialist, meaning a chaplain's assistant, meaning I get to pastor people, not just here at Excel, but now in the Army. So I've got some pictures from my graduation. Okay, there's me. Um, they... they they spelled my name wrong. It's okay. The army's not really known for being smart. <laughs> uh, uh, this is me also with some of my battle buddies for graduation. On the right there, the little short guy, the little short Filipino guy, his name is Mark Santos. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. His name is Mark Santos. He's 43 years old. He was my roommate for seven weeks, and he snored like a pregnant whale. Okay, next picture. This is me receiving my award. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, let me flex. Let me flex real quick. Your boy beat out 45 people. Out of 45 people, 42 graduated. It was a pretty tough course. But your boy, Pastor Izzy, graduated with the highest GPA. I was number one in the class. I was number one in the class, which, listen, if I can do it, CPS, you can do it, amen. You can do it. All right. Y'all ready to get into God's word? Listen, I haven't preached like this in seven weeks, so I'm coming in hot. Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. If you've got your Bible, I want you to go to Mark chapter 10, verse 17. Quickly, 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 quickly. If you don't have a Bible and you're wondering what the heck is the Bible, I'll answer that a little bit later. But on your sheet, uh, on your sheet, this is a sheet. On your seat, there is a sheet of paper for you. And that has, this has all of the scriptures that we're going to be reading tonight. You're like, did Pastor Izzy just cuss? Listen, I just got back. All right, detox, detox, detox. All right. All right, before we get into the word, before we get into the word, I want to tell you a story. I remember being y'all's age, eons ago, apparently. I remember being y'all's age, and what I did for fun, other than vandalize and do hood rat stuff with my friends, um, we would go to the hip. Anybody like going to the hip? Uh, I go to the hip. Yeah, I love, I love the mall. Me and Ariel, Pastor Ariel, my wife, my beautiful wife, she's amazing. We love shopping. She doesn't have to convince me to go. I'll be like, yes, as long as I get to buy something, right? Back in the day, some of my older people know this, but the hip used to have an arcade. It used to have an arcade, and in that arcade used to be like fighting games like Tekken and like Soul Calibur and like Street Fighter, and the way they had it set up, was one guy would be playing on the other end and he'd be playing bots. But if a guy wanted to be like, let me see if this guy's nice on the sticks and the buttons, he would go on the other side and they would compete and there'd be tournaments and it'd be crazy. And I remember my, my older brother and my twin, we went to the hip, we were trying to play a game and I just kept losing. And I was like, man, I just, I don't understand why I can't be good. Why can't I play like you? I would tell my older brother. He's just like, hey man, you're just not good enough. Has anybody been told that by an older sibling that's just better than me? Listen, you're just not as good as me. You're just not good enough. And I remember walking away, this little me, a littler me, being like this. Now that I'm older, I ask the question, what does it mean to be good enough? How good is good enough? So today's message is called good enough. Say good enough. I had the question brought up to me while I was at training because this training was really hard. School was really hard. Physically, mentally, spiritually, it was hard. And there were moments where I had reached my physical capacity. Uh, we had four to six mile to eight mile ruck marches with 45 pounds on our back with a weapon and, 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 and our load carrier. You don't know what that is, but it's a lot of weight. And there were moments where I was like, I just don't think... I'm good enough. Has anybody asked themselves that question is, why am I not good enough? Why am I not good enough? Maybe you tried something really hard and failed at it. Why am I not good enough? Why can't I compete at this level? Why can't I do this or why can't I do that? I think we've all asked that big question is how good is good enough? And so I started wondering 
Is it the same way with God? You're like, you're a pastor. Can you do that? Absolutely. I started wondering if there was a standard that God had that means I need to be good enough. Because it seemed like growing up, I was never good enough for my parents. I was never good enough for my teachers. I was never good enough for my friends. I was never good enough for my coaches. I was never good enough for my youth pastors. So now that I'm 30, now I'm asking an even harder question. I wonder if I'm good enough for God. I think if we were all honest with ourselves, we've asked that question in one form or another. But tonight, I want you to ask it to yourself now. How good is good enough? Say good enough. I'm sure people would think that like going to church, reading your Bible often, or just being a good person would make you good enough for God. But really where we draw the line for how we think we're good is kind of subjective to the person. And so good for Devin here might be a different good than Riley. So where do we find what good even is? Tonight, we're going to dive into Mark chapter 10, verse 17, because a young man had the same question that you and I are asking ourselves tonight. How good is good enough? Here we go. Are you ready? Can you stand to your feet? As we read God's word. Come on, if you don't have a Bible, you've got the paper in front of you, or we got it on the sky Bible, go ahead, throw it up on the screen. Here we go. Mark 10, 17 says this. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, pause, Jesus is going somewhere. That's what that means. He's headed out somewhere. He's rolling out. A man came running up to him. Pause. Listen, if anybody runs up on me, you already know what's going to happen, all right? You know what I'm saying? You, how do you can right? Like just, he's out, right? A man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. This is your word, not mine. I'm not here to uh, put words in your mouth. I'm here to proclaim a gospel that has saved me, that is going to save lives tonight. And so, Lord, speak to us through your word. Reveal what it really means to be good enough, if at all that is possible. In Jesus' name. Everyone says, amen. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. Quick, 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 quick. I want to you, I want you to see the truth tonight, that through this story, someone like you and me, who thought they were a pretty good person, needed a question answered. Throw that verse back up if you can. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? We're going to break this down for a second, but if anyone knew the answer to this big question, meaning what do I got to do to go to heaven? Like, that's what he's asking. So apparently this man has heard of Jesus and, like, Jesus' reputation had proceeded him, right? So, like, the word got out that Jesus was amazing. He was lit. He was like, yo, you get a blessing. You get a blessing. You get a blessing. So he's like, I need to go find this guy, Jesus, run up to him, and notice his posture. This is a pretty decent guy. He didn't just go up to Jesus and was like, hey, bro, what's, 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 what's bobbing? Hey, so 
heaven? Yes? Right? Like, no, he's like, like, he's posturing himself because he knows Jesus is special. This is someone that knows the answer to this big question that he's asking. So he ran up, fell on his knees, and asked one of the most important questions that's ever been asked. It's the same question that people are asking today. How good is good enough? Look at Jesus' response. Y'all, I love the way Jesus be responding to people. And, and when you study the life of Jesus, like, you'll start to understand why Jesus was the way he was. Sometimes I believe Jesus was socially awkward. And if I were his PR agent, I'd be like, maybe let's rephrase that, right? But let's see what Jesus says. Keep going. Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Okay, pause. <laughs> Jesus, how do I get into heaven? First of all, what makes you think I'm good? That's his answer. That's just weird. Jesus, weird. You didn't answer his question. PR agent, hey, Jesus, answer the question, right? He says, why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, finally, you know the commandments. You must not murder. That's good, right? All right, just making sure. We're all in agreement with that? All right, all right. Please don't shake your head, no. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal, especially people's pens at school. Listen, if you borrow a pen, give it back. You must not testify falsely. Don't be, don't be lying, bro. You must not cheat anyone. We don't like cheaters. They had a whole show about it. And it says, honor your father and your mother. Some of y'all are still working on that last one. Oh, Still working on that last one. So what is Jesus doing right here? Jesus begins by giving him a new definition of good. A new definition of good. He says that no one is good except for God alone. Pause. You're like, wait a minute. But isn't Jesus God? We all know that Jesus is God. But this guy didn't understand all of that yet and all of this yet in this moment. He thought Jesus was merely just a good teacher. And Jesus, the reason why he says, why do you call me God, good? Jesus asks only God is truly good. Is in this moment, he wasn't ready to reveal his full identity as the son of God. So he answered the question by listing the rules, the laws, and the Ten Commandments. Y'all know what the Ten Commandments are? Ten Commandments essentially were rules given to Moses as he freed the people of Israel from Egypt. This is God saying, if you want to be good enough, you have to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, elemental B. You've got to do all of these things. So it seems like Jesus is saying essentially, if you want to inherit eternal life, if you want to go to heaven, follow the rules. How many rule breakers I got in the room? I'm a rule breaker. You know, you, you want to know the one rule I like to break? I'm a line cutter. I be cutting lines. I, yeah, yeah, you know what? I take it. I hate waiting in line, so I be cutting lines. Yep, I be cutting in lines. I will, literally, I will literally be like, what's over there? Cut, right? I was that guy at school that would pretend to know 10 people in front of me and shake his hand and pretend that I was a friend just to cut a line. Some of y'all do that. If you don't, you're welcome for that. <laughs> so he got, so Jesus in this moment saying, in order for you to be good enough and to get into heaven, you got to follow rules. This guy, really what we know is he was rich. He was a person of authority. This is, this is, this is 
pretty good for this guy because he considered himself a pretty decent guy. How many of you consider yourself, I'm pretty decent, I'm good, like, I'm not a hater. Put your eye into y'all some haters, I know. But he considered himself a pretty good guy. Now, if the conversation ended right there, Jesus said, A, B, and C, follow all these rules. Boom. Then, ultimately, this guy feels good. Let's go to Mark 10, 18, 20. It says, only good is that. So, you much, much, much. so verse 20, we got first, says, teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. He goes, Jesus, bet I've been doing that. I've been keeping all the rules, Jesus. Looks like I'm going to heaven. If the conversation ended there, then this guy is money. He's good to go. But honestly, what we see in this moment, other than him leaving a happy camper, Jesus knew something was missing. And Jesus doesn't end the conversation there. This guy only had a surface level understanding of the law, the rules. But Jesus knew something needed to change. Not here, but here. Right here at the heart level. Look at verse 21. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. I could end the night right here. This man doesn't know Jesus. He's never met Jesus before, and Jesus has never met him. This guy essentially is trying to find a free pass into heaven. This is the Son of God. This is Jesus. And instead of Jesus turning him away, being annoyed by this interaction, calling out his sin, making him feel bad, all these things, Jesus looked at him and felt a genuine love. I want you to know tonight, and I'm not going to land it here, but this is going to be a preface for the rest of the night. When Jesus looks at you, whether you know him or not, he looks at you with genuine love. Genuine love. You're like, I don't know Jesus. I don't, I've never heard of him. I'm going to introduce you to him tonight. But nonetheless, Jesus loves you. Genuine, real love. He says, there is still one thing you haven't done. He told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. Then he gives him an invitation. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. What's happening here? Jesus knew he was rich. This guy, in his eyes, needed nothing. So for him, following rules was a piece of cake. Jesus understood this idea of being good enough Essentially, this man will never be good enough. At his heart level needed to be changed. So Jesus says, I want you to give everything away. That's like looking at, where's Gio at? Gio in the room? Gio's out doing something. That's like looking at Primo, because I know he's down with this. He says, I want you to take all of your fitteds and all the pins that you've waited in line for in the cold and the rain. I want, you to, I want you to not sell them. I want you to give them away. <laughs> His wife's like, yeah, because I want to pay rent, right? Like, that's like, that's like, hey, 
Jesus is saying, hey, whatever you hold close to you, I don't want you to resell it. Some of y'all that are sneakerheads, I want you to take your sneaker collection. Yeah, the off-whites, the Travis Scotts, all that. SpongeBob Crocs, all that. I want you, I want you to take them, and I, want, I don't want you to resell them. I want you to give it all away. And once you've given everything away, I want you to follow me. I want you to keep this part in the back of your mind because I truly believe that Jesus is asking every single one of us to do the same thing. I wonder how good is good enough. Could it mean that we give up everything to follow Jesus? I wonder. Jesus looked at this guy the same way he looks at us. He had genuine love for him. He knew that even though everything right seemed good on the outside, the truth was that this guy was nowhere near God's standard of perfection. I wrote here, God isn't only interested in our outward appearance to a set of rules. He wants our hearts. He wants our complete devotion, inside and out. So for the guy in our story, there was one thing that he valued above everything else. It wasn't Jesus. It wasn't the rules. It was wealth, chasing the bag, getting a payday. Jesus knew this and asked him to do one thing that would reveal his heart, sell everything and give the money to the poor. And then we're told in that verse that this man walked away sad. Encountering Jesus, walking away sad because he had great wealth. We don't know what happened later, and maybe this guy thought things over and sold everything. We don't know. But Jesus was trying to make a point here in this story that it's not about how good you are. I want you to hear that for a second. How good is good enough? Jesus in this story is saying it's not about how good you are. It's not about how much you follow the rules. Go to church and read your Bible. While those things are all great, when it comes to meeting God's standard of perfection, we all fall short. Say, we all fall short. I didn't say we are all short, all right? Tall people, I'll fight you. Jesus looks at our hearts, and like the rich young ruler that we've been talking about, we don't measure up either. He has a sermon previous to this moment called the Sermon on the Mount, which we won't really break down. But he says something like this. You heard it was said that murder is wrong, but if you have anger in your heart, it's the same thing. You're like, I'm a good person. I've never killed anyone. Jesus is saying, if you've had anger towards someone, it's the same thing. In the same sermon, he says, many of you... I've not committed adultery, but I say to you, if you even think about another man's wife lustfully, you committed adultery. You're like, I've never cheated on anybody. Jesus is saying, even if you think lustfully about that man, about that woman, you've committed adultery. A lot of us have been jealous of other people's things, coveting, sin. So he levels the playing ground right here. He's saying, you may have not put a gun to someone's head, but you've been mad at your mom. You may have not cheated on your girlfriend, but that one photo that you double tapped on, 
<laughs> okay. I, I'm not getting amens on that one. That's crazy. All right. You may have not cheated on your boyfriend, but that one account that you follow that you seem to be going back to just to take a peek, I wonder. Sorry, I'll get amens later. Thank you. I hear that. Jesus is saying it's the same thing. It's the same thing. So where does that leave you? Where does that leave me? Where does that leave you? You just all, I love it. Just, I'm going to leave that there. Where does that leave us? It leaves us in sin. It leaves us way below the standard. It leaves us way below good enough. It's not in me to leave you there, right? That's not Jesus either. But there's an invitation coming your way. God wants your heart, and he knows that you don't measure up. The reality tonight is that everyone in this room is exactly in the same place. Pastor Izzy included. Pastor Izzy especially. You're like, Pastor, you sin on the drive here because Fullerton is a street of Satan and there's potholes that lead to the underworld and people don't know how to drive and there ain't no lines in the road. There are no lines in the road. I've been saying so many words in my head. It's crazy. I have to repent. After When I pull into the parking lot, I'm like, Lord, all the things that I've said, wash me clean, right? But we are all in the same place, right? Compared to some people, we might seem really good, right? We do that. We do that. We'd be like, you know, I'm not in the top of my class, but I'm not in the bottom like. I mean, I'm not like, you know what I mean? Don't do that. You know, compared to others, we might seem really good. While compared to others, we might seem really bad. What I want for us to recognize tonight is that there's really only one standard that matters. Your parents' standard, that's great. That's important. You want to live up to your standards, live up to your family name. Your teachers, live up to the standard. But there's really one standard that matters the most. And God has set that standard, and God has set that bar extremely high. And spending eternity with him in heaven. That sounds, that sounds kind of scary, yeah? Like, I'm just trying to get through life, and now there's a standard I have to meet? I remember sitting in a seat like you, hearing a mess, similar message. I'm like, I already feel bad that I do bad things. Now I have, to, I have to work. I have to strive. I have to find a way to get to heaven now. And I want you to understand that's not the gospel. This perfection, this holiness, this righteousness. You're like, okay, Pastor Izzy, real talk though, where does it say that we're all the same? All right, bet. Look at Romans 3, chapter 10. Bible says this, there is no one righteous, not even one. You're like, but Pastor Ariel's really close. She is. She is. But I've been married for over 10 years. And I know for a fact that it's true. Okay. Um, I'm up here. Romans 3.23, for all, say all. Turn to one, one person behind you and say, even you. Even you, even you, even you. Romans 3, 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory. That sounds depressing, right? You're like, wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Like, no one's good enough? No one. And Jesus is saying, yeah, no one. 
No one that you know in your life can say, I, I'm good enough. How good is good enough? No one knows because the Bible says here, we all fall short of the glory. Who are my two people that I asked? Julian, Judd, come on up. Come on up. Come on up. I want to illustrate this because Pastor Jason did an illustration. I'm not about to put ketchup on me, though. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to happen. All right. Judd, Judd's going to be God. You're going to be over here, Judd. Judd's probably, yeah, that, that'll go in there. So, Judd, I want you to be, like, right here. Just stand right here and be God, however that looks for you. All right? <laughs> however that looks. We'll bring, bring the wood on over here. Bring the wood on over here. I want to bring this into an illustration because I thought it would be fun. I thought it would be fun. A lot of us now are like, I need to think of ways to get to God, right? And a lot of us do this in our relationship with God. And some of you that don't have a relationship with God right now, you're, the gears are turning. You're like, okay, this guy is like yelling at me, first of all. I'm Puerto Rican. This is what we do. I don't yell. I'm just loud, all right? You know what I'm saying? Right? But like, how do we, how do we get to God? And you're starting to think, okay, maybe, maybe there's one way that I could get to God. Um, maybe, maybe, here you go. Uh, grab that jump rope. You're about to work out. Come on up here. I didn't do this because I'm sore from my workout the other day. <laughs> the wall sits. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. I want you over here. I want you over here. I want you to notice. Keep going. I want you to notice. Here's God. And here's the gap. In your life right now, this is it. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, this is what your life looks like. You're saying, this is me over here. And there's God over here. How do I bridge this gap? How do I get to God? How do I get eternal life? This is what the rich young, uh, uh, young ruler is saying. How do I get eternal life? How do I figure this thing out? What do I have to do to be with God forever? And so some of us, the gears are turning, and we're saying, maybe I'll please God, and I can bridge the gap by staying busy. Start jumping rope. You're going to have to go this way. You're going to have to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Staying busy. Yeah, yeah. Please don't fall. All right, keep going. So that's us. That's us right now. You're like, maybe if I stay busy, maybe if I work harder, maybe if I work faster, maybe if I stay healthier, maybe if I just keep moving, and the reality is you can never be busy enough, right? And so you strive, you work, you get tired, you mess up, and then you keep going, and then you hit your pastor, and then you do all these things. And so we're trying, and we're trying, and we're trying, and we feel like if we stay busy, we'll get close to God. But if you notice, he's done all this work and made no ground. Listen to me. You can stop jump roping. Listen to me. Are you out of breath a little bit? A little bit. A little bit. Are you any closer to God? No. But you worked hard, didn't you? Yep. You feel like you should have been any closer, right? Yeah. But where are you? Same place. Same place. Sometimes in our busy life, we're like, I could get close to God if I do things. This is what he's saying, if I keep the commandments, right? If, if, if I volunteer a lot, there are a lot of people that serve in church that are nowhere near God. Whoo! I should preach this on a Sunday. Some, some parents in here, listen, there's some people, okay, so you're like, all right, you know, 
I'm done doing all that, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe instead of staying busy, maybe, um, maybe if I'm just successful, here we go. Maybe if we climb the ladder, maybe if we climb the corporate ladder, all right, you get anywhere? No? All right, why don't you go back down? Why don't you try another thing? Maybe, maybe if I get, you know, to the college that is my dream college. Let's try that. Maybe, maybe God will be pleased with me and nope, didn't get me anywhere. Let's try again. Let's try again. Maybe, maybe if I have the best marriage or the best relationship or the best family. Let's try it again. I'm going to work my way up a ladder to see where I could get close to God. And if you notice, once again, you can go back down. He's doing a lot of work. And he's striving. And he's, and he's making some kind of progress. At least he's not staying in one place. At least he's making some type of advancement. But he's nowhere near God. And that's kind of some of us tonight. Where we say, if, if I'm just the best. If I can, if I can just be the best. Then, then God will have to take me. Then I can bridge the gap. But once again, we find that you are going absolutely nowhere. So if it's not staying busy... If it's uh, not being successful, let's try again. I'm not going to throw the ladder this time. Let's try this. Let's try this. Okay. Um, Let's start right here. Sometimes following rules can feel like you're walking on a tightrope. And you're just like, I'm going to follow the rules. I'm going to do everything Pastor Izzy tells me. I'm going to do everything that I should do as a Christian. I'm going to follow the rules. I'm going to obey the Ten Commandments. And it looks like this. You're like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. You got saved on a Thursday night. All right, go ahead. Follow all the rules. Yeah, you're doing great. You're doing great. Okay, that's fine. You had a mess up. That's okay. Yeah, right. Let's try again. Uh-huh. You're looking awesome. You're looking awesome. Great. Stop right there. This is where it ends. Come back. Why don't you stay now? I want you to get on top of it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Notice the whole time where are his eyes. Yeah. Where is it? Where are his eyes? Yeah. Not in Jesus, right? Let's go back. So the whole time he's focusing on, I've got to be good enough. Go ahead, try it again. I gotta be good enough. I got now try looking at him. Yeah, I gotta be good enough. Okay. Huh. Right. You fall off. Okay, maybe let's try something else. Here, let's go back. Maybe let's try something else. I've got another stick, all right? I could have just used the same one, but for this example, we're going to use another one. Okay, maybe, um, maybe, maybe if, maybe if I read my Bible and I repent um, every day, and what if I feel really sorry, and, and that's all I focus on. Let's try again. Here we go. Now, let's try looking at him, following all the rules, and you can't. Let's stop for a second. Okay. Notice that even though he followed all the rules, it always stops short. It always stops short. And if you're like me, there's always been time in my life where I feel like I always stopped short. I could never be good enough. And that bothered me because I wanted to know how I could get to Jesus if it's not by staying busy if it's not by climbing a ladder, if it's not by following rules, then how can I get to him? And the reality that we find, stay right there, the reality that we see is in 2 Corinthians right here, that you and I will never be good enough. That's why he sent his only son to stand in the gap 
for you and I. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Sin is what caused the gap so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God, meaning by believing in Jesus, simply by falling in love with Jesus, being in love with Jesus, following his rules, following his commandments, but ultimately just being with Jesus. He takes you by the hand and says, leave the success behind, leave the rules behind, leave the busyness behind, because the only way to the Father is through me. The only way to have connection with God is through me. And so it's not through your striving. It's not through your trying. It's through the Son of God. It's through Jesus. You guys can sit. It's through Jesus. So just to be clear tonight, you can never build a bridge long enough, strong enough, wide enough to reach God on your own. Listen to me, because some of you tonight, I understand you don't have a relationship with God. I am giving you the keys right now that it's not and how well you are doing in life. You will never measure up. You will never measure up. The only way to get to God is through the life of Jesus. God knew that. God knew that. He knew that we could never be good enough. We could never be spiritual enough or religious enough to get to him on our own. He knew that we could never meet the standard of perfection. So he met this standard for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And as you saw in 2 Corinthians, Jesus paid the ultimate price. So here's the question again. Pastor Jason, actually the whole worship team. How good is good enough? How good is is good enough. I'm closing. Stay with me. Say, stay with me. The reality is that it doesn't matter how good of a person you are. It doesn't matter how many times you've been to church or Bibles you own. It doesn't even matter if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. Like the guy in our story, there's literally nothing you can do to earn your way to God. But just as Jesus had a genuine love for the rich young ruler, he also has a genuine love for you. He wants your heart. He wants first place in your life. He desires a relationship with you that comes by faith and is based on grace. Look at Ephesians. I love the Bible, and we're going to talk about it. Ephesians. For it is by grace you have been saved. Not by your works, not by you trying, but simply God's grace and mercy through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a what? It is a gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. How do you receive this gift of grace? Faith in Jesus. Belief in Jesus. As we wrap up our time together, I want you to realize that just knowing about all these things is not enough. If you walk out of here tonight just knowing these things, it's still not enough. It's still not enough. So what do we do, Pastor Izzy? There comes a time where when you have to make a decision on how you're going to respond to Jesus. Maybe you, you've heard the story tonight and realized that like the rich young ruler that we were introduced to, you can never be good enough for God or meet his standards on your own. The good news is that you don't have to. Listen to me. Listen to me. How good is good enough? Well, I can't be good enough. Great, he is. And it's okay to admit that like, man, I'm kind of messed up. 
I'm addicted to some things. I'm in a toxic relationship, and a part of me likes it. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a pathological, I lie a lot. I'm angry. I'm just angry all the time. And to think that I can't be good enough doesn't even make me want to try. And he's saying, it's not about trying. It's about believing. It's not about trying. It's about receiving. Receiving this gift of grace. The good news tonight is that you don't have to be good enough. Because listen, Jesus is enough. Say, Jesus is enough. Say, Jesus is enough. Say, Jesus is enough. Pastor, it's fine. Jesus is. Jesus through you. You're not good enough. That's good. Jesus is enough. If you get anything from tonight, it's that Jesus is enough. Our response is simply to turn from our sin, to say, what I've been doing so far has left me dry. The way I've been living my life has left me empty. I'm trying, Pastor Izzy, to fill, to fill my life with anything that will make me feel something. But every time I try to do it, I feel more and more empty. That's me. I lived my life like that for years. I thought, I thought being angry would be better than anything else. I thought being angry would be better than being numb. I lived a life of anger. And time after time and situation after situation, I realized that I would wear these masks. And I, I, I did a series about this. And I said I, I wore so many masks that I forgot what my skin looks like. And honestly, if you're in this room tonight, if you were to reveal your true self, you say, Pastor Izzy, I know that Jesus is enough, but I don't think he would take someone like me. I don't think he would love someone like me if he really knew what I was into. If he really knew what I did in my room behind closed doors. If he really knew what I thought about the most. If he really knew, listen, I know that Jesus is enough, but like, I'm a different kind of messed up. He's saying, I have genuine love for you. I have genuine love for you. This is what Jesus is saying to you. So he's asking us to turn from our sin. How, how do we get Julian to God over here? It's through turning away from the things that separate us from God and trusting in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to stand to your feet. You have a decision tonight. And I'm going to offer it to you. You have a decision tonight. To keep trying on your own. And maybe you'll get to God. If you figure it out, let me know. Or tonight, for some of you, for the first time, you can say, I want to be different. I don't want to feel this anymore. I want hope. I want hope. I want to be better. 
I don't, I don't want to go to hell. I don't, I don't, I don't want to not be with Jesus. If he's that awesome, I want to be where he is. I want to be where God is. God is saying it's only through salvation, through Jesus. And so tonight, for my leaders, if I've got leaders, I want you to cover the back of the walls. And just spread out. You're going to spread out. You're going to spread out. See what happens. We're going to sing a song here in a second. It's one of my favorite songs. It's one of my favorite songs, if you can't tell. That really captures, and I didn't even know y'all were singing this, so this is amazing. That captures this, I just want to be where you are. But sometimes my sin stops me from getting to where you are. If I could rewrite this song, you know, I could say, I just want to be where you are. But sometimes when I drive, I cuss in the car. There's nothing like your love. That's the song. I just want to be where you are. Tonight, I truly believe if you make the decision tonight to turn from your sin, to allow Jesus to walk with you hand in hand to the Father, you will experience a love like none other. I can only describe it to you the way it hit me. It made me feel seen for the first time. In my life. It made me feel heard. It made me feel wanted. I, I, can't exp- I can't really put into words what God's love has made me feel. I think you should just experience it yourself. Tonight, if you want to follow Jesus, if you want to become a Christian, meaning I want to dedicate my life to God, I want to I start working with God on how I can be better for people around me, just for me personally. I don't want to be this way anymore. I've got leaders in the back. And as we sing this song, we're all going to come up front. But I want you to go back there, and I want you to find the one that looks the nicest to you. And I want you to say, I need to be saved. Because I heard that Jesus is enough. That's all you got to do. I'm not asking you to be embarrassed. I'm not asking you to come down to the front so that we can all look at you. I'm just saying, if you want to follow Jesus for the first time, as we sing the song, I want you to go back there. Once you've made the decision, several things are going to happen that will change for the rest of your life. First of all, you are immediately forgiven of your sins. So, okay, Pastor Izzy, I'll say the prayer, but what happens? I'll break it down for you. God will forgive your sins. Past, present, future. What are you saying? That means the porn that you looked at 10 months ago and the porn that you looked at 10 hours ago and the porn that you might look at 10 weeks from now is forgiven. It's forgiven. It's forgiven. God has forgiven you. All of them. All of your sins. Even the ones you thought no one knew about. You also become a child of God and can know for certain that when you die, you will spend eternity in heaven. As great as it is to know where you'll spend eternity, you'll also get to begin a brand new relationship with Jesus that starts right now. So what? In this new life, you'll get to know Jesus better and spend time with him day by day, day by day. If this is something you're ready to do this evening, Sal, you can grab this again. This is something you're ready to do. I can't, I can't force you to do it. 
And this is why I'm kind of really, really sharing my heart. Because I can't make you go back there and say, I want to be saved. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I want to follow Jesus. I can't make you do it. If you're too scared to go back there and you want to find me up front, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. If you brought a friend and you know they need Jesus, maybe it's time to have a conversation to say, hey, I brought you here because I love you. Because God loves you. So I'm going to pray. And then then I'm done. Because I'm not here to emotionally manipulate you. I'm done. I'm not here to make you cry and figure all that out. I believe right now God is speaking to you. So let's bow our heads. Let's bow our heads. I'm going to pray. When I say amen, you can come to the front. We're all going to come to the front. We're going to sing a song. And if you need to respond and you want to be a Christian, you want to be saved, you go towards the back to talk to a leader. Lord, Lord, in this moment, I truly believe that there's people here that need you. And there's voices in their head right now telling them every reason why they shouldn't respond. But I know, Lord, that those are voices that ultimately will keep them separated from you. And so my whole purpose tonight wasn't to have fun. It wasn't to just be crazy up here. It was to present them with the option and the gift that you give eternal life and you love them and you want to care for them. The whole point of tonight wasn't a beach party. The whole point of tonight was to introduce people to the Son of God, Jesus, who died on the cross for us, who died for us, so that if we were to believe in him, And his resurrection three days later, we would be saved. We would be saved. You're not asking us to be perfect. You're not asking us to be uh, uh, anywhere near the standard. You're just asking us to believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus died and rose again. That's it. That's all we have to say. And so tonight, God, I pray that those who don't know you, those who need to know you tonight, would make the decision, would find themselves going to the back, speaking with one of our leaders, who will look at them the way Jesus does with genuine love and walk them through a prayer that would help them bridge the gap to spend eternity with you. And for the rest of us, as we respond in worship, as we sing, I just want to be where you are. I know, God, you're going to flood this place with your love as we respond. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's come on down to the front. We're going to sing this song. Come on, if you need to respond, I want you to go find a leader in the back. Don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed.